When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coffee and Cream with Rodgers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. No real live practice to get ready for this one, so we'll see how the legs are for the Wildcats. Look at Tomanaga driving to the rim to start things off. That's the scary thing about a zone is you're in an area not with a man. Ooh, Dennis Dawson. A little frustration. Take it out of the rim. Kevin Kugler on the call there. On, uh, with with the, our fame, Nicholas Allen. How, how fortunate, how spoiled are we? Was that FS2, right? Yeah, yeah. On FS2. T- tuple, couple of local. brother, as you said. Great. Yeah, man, I, we got to ask my guy, man, how he feels <laughs> about that. Uh, it's back on Coffee and Cream in the morning here on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers, and now bringing in Robin Washett, uh, who is a, a, a fantastic guest if you want to learn anything and everything about Nebraska basketball. He's the Nebraska senior team writer for Husker Online. Robin, good morning. Good morning. You're, you're far too kind. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always feel like you say that, but I, you it, know it, me, it, Robin. Yeah, I'm not saying anything <laughs> good about anybody that I don't believe, man. <laughs> like, this, your write-ups. Right. When, you when you put it like that. Right? Like, right? like your pregame notes, the your patience i mean people at your delivery so here's my favorite right like even trev doesn't know but what inevitably is somebody going to ask robin wash it hey robin i'm in chat um how many games does coach hoiberg need to like bro how how is robin how is robin (laughs) supposed to know that like why do people ask robin wash it robin have you talked to the the brass do you know how many games Coach Hoiberg needs to win to save his job. <laughs> yeah. And the best is when I just give him a guess and they get mad about it. <laughs> well, and you, you know what's That's always fun. You know what's funny about that, Robin, is because I was listening to your fast break segment the other day, <laughs> and you had mentioned an interesting point about Fred Hoiberg kind of like answering the question without answering the question uh, by talking about how the $11 million buyout could be hanging over Trev's head. Um, or Is that you a know, lot? It, it's not a small amount of money, and uh, possibly the long hours and stressful days he had to endure when uh, he was searching for uh, his next football coach. I mean, answer this if you can. Uh, does that make you think, no matter what happens going forward, that they will just stick to Fred for another year because he was hit with a lot of uncertainty this year? I'm not going to say no matter what. Um, there's a lot that could potentially change over this next month and a half to where I mean if this thing completely bottoms out and they're losing every game by 20 and fans stop showing up then it might be a much different discussion but you know personally I don't see that happening I think there's still too much leadership on that locker room even with the guys that are out Um, and you know I think they have a, a style of play that assuming they can get some semblance of offense going they can at least avoid those types of just 
real embarrassing defeats, but you know they're they're facing a really uphill battle right now. And I think, uh, as I mentioned on um, that that video and, and other places, that uh, it's kind of just an incomplete discussion right now because a lot depends on just kind of the optics of how this thing finishes out. And you know, are is Fred Oyberg's team still playing? Um, you know, a fight. Are they, are they, um, you know, at least given the level of effort that has given them the success that they've had thus far? And are they, even if they're not necessarily winning um, much, are they at least giving the fans a product they can be proud of? And if they do, um, I think that the reasons for optimism um, paired with Fred's situation um, with his contract and then obviously uh, Nebraska situation coming off all the work they had to do on the football side, it just seems like, you know, everybody's trying to avoid having to make a, a big move right now. Um, and so, uh, again, that, that's kind of where I think things stand right now, but um, there's very much the opportunity that things could change one way or the other in this discussion, just depending on how the rest of the season plays out. Robin, let me take advantage of your thoughtfulness. How do we reconcile, or how would you reconcile in your head when his top five guys were playing, they were seven and three, right? I, I, it's hard data. It's right there. We can see it. A couple good wins, Creighton, Iowa. Say what you want about a meaningful loss with Purdue versus four years of a, being a microcosm of what Nebraska historically has been. Is that – like how long of a discussion is that? I mean, I think that's a huge part in this because of just how drastically Fred changed everything about this program since the end of last season with reconfiguring his coaching staff and bringing in guys with different philosophies and and schematic ideas and Mm. recruiting a different type of player where you're not going out there and and stargazing for the best available prospects. You're getting guys that fit a plan that, you know, that fit an identity that you're trying to build. And the fact that they had immediate success, um, in literally one off season and um, one half of a regular season to um, show what you know maybe this big picture vision could be. You know, I think that that's something that when you talk about reasons why Fred should come back, that's that's got to be right up there at the top of the list. That I think every every Nebraska fan that you talk to will agree that this has been by far the most enjoyable season under Fred Hoiberg, and it's not even close. Um, and a lot of that is because they're playing a style of basketball that one is in my opinion much more conducive to success in the Big 10 fits fits the uh type of play that I think a lot of Nebraska fans want where they're tough, they're gritty, you know, they're playing good defense, they're rebounding and it's team oriented offense. And I think that that is something that you know regardless of uh win losses is a lot easier for most fans to get behind and you know you pair that with the fact that they went to Omaha and beat Creighton. They beat Iowa by 16. They arguably should have beaten the number one team in the nation in Purdue. Uh, they beat Ohio State. You know what I mean? Like, those those are undeniable that, you know, when, when this picture played out the way that Fred Hoiberg had hoped, Nebraska's pretty good. And, you know, they lost two of their most critical players. There's four guys that they could not afford to lose, and they mm-hmm. lost two of them. Uh, so, like, that you got to equate that in the discussion as well. There's very few coaches that, I don't care if it's Duke or Kentucky. If you lose two of your best players, you're going to be a different team. 
and especially in Nebraska's situation where, you know, essentially, <laughs> I know it's year four, but they're really in year one of this mm. rebranding of the program. Um, you know, they, they just had such a small margin of error to begin with, and then you lose those two guys. That's that's pretty crippling um, as far as maintaining that level of competitiveness. So, um, you know, I know that that's the one side of the coin where you, you look at all those reasons uh, of, of why you can be optimistic about the direction this thing is going under Fred Hoyer. But the other side of the coin is, you know, people are saying it's year four, and essentially you're telling me that we need to go through the, the grind of a, another year one right now um, and how the, this is, there's tracking to be yet another sub-500 season um, where you're not even remotely close to sniffing postseason play. Like, I, I just don't think there's a wrong answer at this point. And if you, no matter who you ask, you're going to have a different opinion on what Nebraska should do with its men's basketball program. But, you know, I'm, I'm kind of leaning more to the sides of given the financial uh, part of it um, and my opinion that I don't think Trev really wants to pay $11 million for another coach, not the coach here. Uh, and, you know, the, the, the fact that he seems pretty supportive of this new direction that Fred has taken. I mean, he's been to as many home games as I can remember, at least that I've seen him. Um, you know, obviously, he's, he's actively involved with, you know, talking to players and coming to practices and stuff like that. That just, you know, suggests that Trev is more leaning towards the camp of letting this thing play out for at least another year to see if they can continue this, add some more depth. Um, you know, it's going to be another task this offseason, replacing Greasel, Walker, and Bandamel. But, you know, if you can return the core group of guys, especially some of these young dudes that are going to be playing a lot of minutes, down the stretch here, you know, the Jamarcus Lawrence, the Denim Dawson's, the, um, I guess you can throw Wilhelm in there as well. You know, those guys are going to be cutting their teeth in a big way over this next month and a half. And, if, you know, that, that maybe changes the dynamics of, of what your roster next season could be because you actually have some experience coming back despite what you're losing with those three veterans. So, um, yeah, I, I do think that, that that's a big part of this. And for the only opinion that matters with Trev Alberts, um, I think that that's, could be enough reason to, to keep this thing going another year. But again, they, they got to make sure they finish out strong and, and don't change that opinion over the next month and a half. Robin, time Amazing. flies when we're having fun and it's already to the end of our segment now, but you had a lot of great information and we appreciate your time as always. So good, Robin. I appreciate Absolutely. you. Okay. No problem. Thanks for having me, guys. That's Robin Washett, Nebraska senior team writer for Husker Online. Tell us him a follow on Twitter at Robin Washett. Easily, easily in my top ten. For guests, he's just so good. Like you, he he fits my he fits my personality. He made a ton of great points, and you know, frankly, something else that you know he kind of alluded to with losing Gary and Bandamel. At at some point, Greasel and Walker have to be they have to stop being unselfish on I, the floor. They have to take over. I always wondered if they could bottle what's made Bandamel such a, so endearing to like Trev and his staff. Could they build a program on stuff like that? Because he has some intangibles. Mike Sauter up next.